Another thing that people need to realize is there's never a best moment to start. There's only now to start. Life is never going to be perfect. You're never going to be in a situation where there's not stuff coming to you from different angles. And if you want to postpone, oh, I'll start on Monday, I'll start on Tuesday, because this, just start today. 1% change. That's what you always say, Gary, 1% change. And I actually figured it out, like did a little mathematic thing. If you increase your steps by 1% every day, like it's amazing what you can accomplish over a year. Hey guys, it's Corey from Redefining Strength. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks Podcast. Today we're gonna to talk about managing menopause. As early as our late 30s, we can start with the symptoms of perimenopause. And so we wanna make sure that we're doing everything we can as early on as possible to address the symptoms and know how to handle them and adapt as our needs, as our goals, as our body changes. Because we cannot avoid the hormonal changes that we're going to see. So in this episode, I wanna go over mindsets to have to really get the most out of everything. Make sure that you're meeting yourself always where you're at. I wanna discuss a great recipe with five amazing ingredients to help with those symptoms that we might see during menopause. I'm also super excited to share an interview I did with one of my magical managers, Souza, and her menopausal experience and what she did to combat the weight gain that she saw coming on and how she even learned to give herself grace and really embrace who and what she was as she went through this phase of life. And then I wanna end with some great workout tips and a great workout design to help you build strength and lean muscle mass because it is oh so important that we really focus on that body composition, that strength so that we age functionally well. Menopause, okay? It is not an excuse, it is a reality. And the reason I say it like that is because we are going to go through menopause at some point in our life, ladies. And with those different hormonal changes, we can see different symptoms popping up. Some people experience them more, some people experience them less. And we need to own that this is going to happen if we wanna meet ourselves where we're at to see the results that we want. So it's not an excuse to say, hey, this is a reality. These things are happening to my body, which are gonna change what I need to do in order to see the results that I want. Hey, this might make it harder even to see the results that I want. So it's not bad to blame things on the hormonal changes that we're seeing. However, we can't let that become our reason not to make changes to meet ourselves where we're at to focus on moving forward. Because just because these hormonal changes are a reality, uh, they are an excuse even for why certain things are happening, we cannot just keep blaming them and not do what, what is in with, within our power to control to move forward. So if you are going through menopause, if you have started perimenopause in your late 30s, 40s, whatever else, and you're starting to see those hormonal changes, it is key that you take that step back and realize what used to work may not work any longer. You've gotta change your mindset from one of just pushing harder, trying to do more, to really focusing on meeting yourself where you're at, realizing that day to day at times, what you need is going to change. The more you can embrace that mindset of giving yourself grace to meet yourself where you're at, the more you're gonna be able to adjust and adapt as your body changes. And I bring this up because I also think it's really important that we note that it's not just the hormonal changes we're seeing right now that impact our results. It's also all of our previous dieting and workout practices adding up. And a lot of times we blame age, we blame those hormonal changes when it's the fact that we've always turned and doing more, cutting our calories lower, trying to train harder, instead of designing systems to all work together. So as you're encountering those hormonal changes, take that time to step back and assess what is really going on with your body. The more you can say, hey, 
I'm not, not sleeping as well. Hey, I'm not recovering as fast. Hey, the macro breakdowns or the way I was feeling is not working the way it used to. The more you can then make changes that will truly move you forward. But if you keep that mindset of just pushing harder, just pushing through, just trying to ignore it, even trying to say, oh, I don't wanna make excuses, you're not gonna really realize your new reality because whether or not it is even menopause or you know other lifestyle changes, maybe you went from being single or you know without kids and now you have kids and your schedules change, we always need to be open to adjusting and adapting because that's the only way to allow ourselves to truly move forward. We can't just get stuck on what used to work. And we also have to realize that a lot of time what used to work, what made us lose the weight in years past is also why we're struggling more now. So we have to make sure that we are taking that step back to assess what is our body, what is our mind telling us, and how can we best meet ourselves where we're at? Because with this and the step back, as much as it can feel like negative, it is really embracing controlling what you can control to meet yourself where you're at because moving forward might not look the same. And that's a-okay, we have to accept it. So I think a big thing when you're starting to encounter these changes, which can even dictate different things day to day, it can mean you have great energy one day and not so great energy the next, the more you can really give yourself grace, accept that you can only control what you can control and do what you can to move forward, knowing that sometimes you do even have to, you know, get out of your own way to push or get out of your own way and step back, but you have to be willing to adjust and adapt the better the results that you're going to see moving forward, even if it's not exactly the way that you envisioned. All right. Well, I'm super excited to have Sousa, one of my amazing magical managers on my podcast to talk about managing menopause. So Susa, you shared an amazing picture with me of a transformation you had during this time. And I thought your story was so interesting of how you really not only embraced the changes, but felt like your most fabulous self as you handled them. So can you talk a little bit about your story, about the recognition that you were going through these changes and like what you did with it? Yeah, so I call it my yellow skirt moment. So um, I had this beautiful yellow skirt that I loved and it would always pick up my spirit. So one morning I took out the yellow skirt as I always do, put it on and I, it didn't fit over my waist. So just to rewind, it's not like I haven't had this skirt on for a long time. I actually had it on the week before and it was fine. So that was the big first aha moment of, oh my goodness, this middle age spread is really real. Like you can't just carry on life as usual. And at that stage, I was active. I've always been active. I run, I boot camp, you know, do all the stuff that you think you're supposed to do. And um, although the symptoms was there, like night sweats and hot flashes, you know, in your mind, you're like, no, I'm not that old. I can't become my mom, you know, that, that sort of argument. Um, but I also realized that deep down, something wasn't right because <clears throat> I was very tired. doesn't matter how I adjust eating and whatever. So I did rush off to the doctor. I had all the blood work done. I struggled a lot with um, high blood sugar. So I would be running up a hill. And when I get to the top of the hill, I would be like going to faint. I had to sit down. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. So after the doctor, I went, we did all the tests and it basically came back the realization of I'm in that stage of my life, you know? Um, so I think it means for everybody something else. For me at that stage, it was probably, like I say, a little bit of mild depression, realizing that this is where you are in life, maybe a little bit of um, madness and craziness because the hormones is, <laughs> is not good. 
Um, so just warn the husbands beforehand if you realize this is coming <laughs> your way. But I also realized that it's not something to be afraid of. It's part of life. It's a journey. And it's what you do with that journey and how you embrace that journey. So we can sit in the corner and feel sorry for ourselves or we can embrace this. And I think we are so blessed with all the signs out there. I think about our parents, our mothers and our grandmothers who did not have this. It was even not even talked about. So here we are talking about it. You can share your feelings. You can share where you are. And um, I, I think the big thing that made a big change for me was when I started researching. And I mean, I was thinking about this beforehand. And I'm like, I also want to say that there's so much information out there that when you do research, make sure that you're researching the right people, you know. So luckily for me, I found you. And that made a big difference for me to realize how stuff works and how stuff fits together and how eating the correct foods combining with your workout actually is what gives you success in life. I think you hit on something that's so key, even in the example of the yellow skirt and just the week before it fitting, because changes can occur very quickly. And there can be all these symptoms that we do tend to ignore because we say, oh, yes, I'm not, I'm not this age. That's what happens when you get older, where we don't even realize that perimenopause can start as early as our late 30s, right? We're, we're denying things that are going on instead of owning the struggles. And I think the more you can say, hey, this isn't a bad thing, but if I don't handle it, I'm not going to see the results I want. Exactly. And I always think to myself, if I can go back in time and talk to Susa at 40, I would say, prepare yourself for this stage. Because of all the information that's out there, it's not just information for when you finally hit menopause. You can actually prepare yourself and be in such a better space when you actually hit menopause. Not saying that your symptoms will be less or that you will feel better or you won't get pick up weight around your belly. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is I think that if I realized what is really happening to me and I started earlier, I wouldn't have needed to lose 27 pounds because that 27 pounds just crept up on me. I never in this whole time thought that I was overweight until I put on the skirt. And then I think another big aha moment was even though the skirt didn't fit, I was still like, yeah, dabbling, you know, the, I was big into long distance running, long distance swimming. I was doing mini triathlon. So that long endurance stuff, that I'm not saying don't do it when you go through menopause or when you're in menopause, but that's not beneficial for your body at that stage. So the magic key, if I might say it now, <laughs> is strength training. Like we, we can like hop around this and worry about this and talk about a lot of different stuff. But I'm telling you what worked for me was when I actually realized that if I lift weights and I um, work on building lean muscle mass. And I'm not telling that you need to become like the Hulk. That's not what I'm saying. And anyway, we don't have the, like you all know, we don't have the hormones to become like that. There's a lot of work that goes into bodybuilding um, and really focusing on your macros. And even if you don't focus on your carbohydrates and your fats and you just start focusing on your protein intake, that is where you're going to start seeing a difference. I think it's so important that like people really do take to heart the we can plan for a better future and control what we can control. Like you can't control the hormone changes. You can't even fully control 
how like menopause and those hormones are going to impact you. Some people don't have a lot of symptoms, some do, but you can address improper. And I do say improper dieting and exercise practices because so many of us have been brought up with the eat less, train harder, do more cardio, all this attitude. And it's not that you shouldn't do what you love. Like if you love triathlons, if you love running, don't stop doing it, but address the other aspects that can make sure that you're meeting yourself where you're at with those things. So eating enough to fuel those things, but also doing the strength training that will pay off in those ways. But there's so much you can control that won't allow those things to creep on. Yeah. 100%. And I think um, the other thing that people need to realize is that it is not an overnight fix. It was something that I've been thinking a lot when you, when we were preparing for this. And I'm like, if there's something I want to emphasize is this is not a six week fix. You can do a six-week body transformation challenge. You can do, but this is a lifestyle change. And it starts with one small step. And you have to remember every step you take every day is one step closer to the goal. Is it a 100% fun journey? No, it sometimes sucks, man. I'm telling you, there's days where I would love to just down four cocktails. But back in my mind, I also know that I'm going to pay a massive price the next morning because of that, because the days of recovering quickly after a spin-out day is not that easy anymore. It takes me, well, I can tell you an example. It was my husband's birthday a week ago. So, I mean, like I had some cocktails, we had some nice food. It literally took me until this morning to really, so two weeks we're looking at, before I could really see the bloat is gone, the water retention is gone, the, the number on the scale is where it should be because realistically I weighed myself because I just wanted to see, and I know it's not fat. It's just everything that was going on, <clears throat> but it's a, it's a long-term commitment and you really need to know why you want to do this. But it's recognizing that at any point we can make those changes and it's always about meeting ourselves where we're at. Like our body is constantly evolving. Like if you think about like like when you're in your 20s, you see all those college kids eating. And I even think about like Ryan and I saw some pictures of like Vegas trips we'd had where we're like, how the heck do we eat a burger, have a shake, have another shake, go out and get that fried food, then have those drinks. And you're like, how did we survive the next day? You know, like, but instead of like lamenting that or looking back on that, just realizing that we have to meet ourselves where we're at. We can still have a lot of fun and find a lifestyle balance. I mean, no, you can't do what you want whenever you want, but that's true about every aspect of life. We can always meet ourselves where we're at to move forward and find that new balance that works for us. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you. And I like for me, something that I adjusted to is that I would have, um, if, if we're going to go out for supper, I don't even look, I look at the menu before I go. I make a decision on what is going to work for me that I can enjoy. I don't even look at the menu when I walk into the restaurant. That is the food I'm going to eat non-negotiable. Um, if my macros is at a stage or I'm working at a specific goal and I'm not drinking at all, I would order club soda with lime. I would ask them to bring it in a wine glass. Nobody's going to ask me. It's in a wine glass. Everybody's just going to assume and you're away from the peer pressure as well. So if somebody asks you what you're drinking, oh, just enjoying a drink. You don't need to tell them that you, you don't need to go in saying, oh, I'm on this diet and I'm not drinking and just just fall into life easy. Like you don't need to explain yourself and, and your journey to anybody if you don't want to. 
I think that's such a key thing to remember because I do think we can feel weird about the changes we're choosing to make, but it's a, we need to have that recognition that we're choosing to, to make these decisions. We're choosing certain priorities over another. And there's always that choice and there's going to be an evolution. There's going to be times where on your husband's birthday, you do have too many cocktails and have to recover for two weeks. But then there might be other things that you're like, hey, this isn't worth it for me. I want to feel good for X, Y, and Z. So therefore I'm not going to do it. And it's just feeling really comfortable with that choice, which I think can be hard because we do sort of, we always look back and A, we look back and then there's rose colored glasses, right? So things look better. Like, oh, we used to be able to do this. But I think we like look back and we wish for that time, which then can make us feel worse about the time we're in now. So in terms of somebody sort of saying, I'm having troubles letting go of what was, what advice would you give them? The nicest thing for me in being post-menopause is the freedom that comes with it. I don't need to plan anything around periods anymore. You know, it's just, you can just do what you want. You can pack up and go. You don't need to worry about that part of life anymore. Um, the freedom of I'm so comfortable with who I am because I embrace this change. I really don't care about the cellulite on my legs anymore. I wear my shorts. If somebody wants to say something about it, you know, it's their problem, not mine. Um, I embrace the days that I have energy. I embrace the days that I don't have energy. And I, I think it is really being comfortable with yourself to really go and tell yourself that you are an awesome human being and you're just going through a natural process of life. Um, I have this philosophy that if I get up in the morning and I shower and I look in the mirror and I don't have anything good to say to myself, I leave. I never try and say anything negative about my body and my body image. Um, and even some days if I just have to say, oh, my gosh, I've got very big feet. And because I've got big feet is because I've got very, very skinny, lean toes. So some days the only thing that looks lean on me is my toes. But then I would go like, you've got awesome toes, man. Like, just rock those sandals today. <laughs> so so I, I think that is the big thing is really just embracing who you are <clears throat> and not worry about the rest of the world and all that advertisements. <clears throat> and I think the pressure from the um, film industry, you know, you look at the Jane Fondas and <clears throat> the women in their 50s and 60s, and you go like, oh, my gosh, Jennifer Lopez, they look amazing. Do you have to remember they are surrounded by a team of experts that are there to make sure they look that way. They don't have to do the, all the stuff that we do. Yes, they've, they've got challenging works, and they, I'm not putting saying that they don't work as hard as what we do. Obviously, they work as hard as what we do. But they have a team surrounding them. They, they have people that helps them. So coming back to what you said is reach out for help as well. We maybe not have this massive team, but there is people like Redefining Strength that will help you on this journey to decide where you need to be in life. I think too, it's finding that balance and you brought it up like, Hey, you don't have to accept gaining weight. Right. But at the same time, and I think this is true at every age, at every stage of life, as we're working towards any goals, it's not just accepting that something is going to happen because we're a certain age, because of hormone changes at the same time, also embracing that like things do change as we get older, things do change with different lifestyle phases and owning who and what we are and loving ourselves in that process is so important. And especially during the hormonal changes of perimenopause and menopause, we do have, 
we do see an impact on our anxiety levels, our depression, our body image. And I think even being aware that this is part of that change to then find strategies to help motivate yourself, keep yourself positive is so important. And I mean, if that means that you need to buy different clothes that makes you look better, then buy clothes that makes you look better. <laughs> you know, like you don't need to wear the clothes you wore when you were 20 years old. It's you don't need you don't need to even weigh the weight. I think that's another thing that we can talk about is when you that you are not going to have the body that you had when you were 30. <clears throat> you can work hard, sorry. <clears throat> you can work hard and you can definitely have changes in your body and there's no reason for you to give up and just become this blob of human being. That's not what I'm saying is, but I also think you need to realize that you are not 20 years old anymore. And it's going to take a longer time to see all these changes happen for you. You've potentially also done things for longer that aren't the same. Your hormone levels are different. Like, and I think it's recognizing that our body is changing at every, every age, every stage. And the longer you even start doing certain habits, the more you're even going to see adjustments, even though you're not losing the weight or gaining the muscle, even though it's sort of like you seem like you're staying stagnant or like maintaining, but even in maintenance, there's progression and adjustments that happen in your body and your body's constantly shifting and evolving. And there's so much you can accomplish, but yes, it is embracing that as we get older, as processes change, as hormones change, things are going to take a different amount of time. And our whole life prior even contributes to how long it takes, which means just even start some of the good stuff earlier. Yep, exactly. It's like I said earlier, if we can just start earlier, if, if, if we can just have this realization that if we start earlier in this preparation, that this change in life is going to be a more comfortable one. So I have to say I was very fortunate, although I had the, the night sweats and the um, heart flashes and stuff, it was for a very short period. So it was for a very short period. It, can, it might also be because I really, when I realized this is going on, I really started addressing my nutrition. I, I, I really did. I, I zoomed in and I made sure that I was eating and choosing the right foods and eliminating foods that didn't make me feel good. Um, I just want to say that no foods are off limit. You need to decide what works for you. So I know for a fact there's foods that don't, I don't feel well when I eat it. So I just try and stay away from it. I'm not allergic to it. I'm not sensitive to it. I just don't feel well. Um, so for me, the transition was a little bit easier. There is women that will obviously have these symptoms for a longer period and will suffer with it longer. But I also think it's to embrace the fact that if you had a bad night of your symptoms, is not to go and try and crush your personal best in the gym the next morning. No. It's to adjust to that level of energy that you have. It's giving yourself grace. It's weighing the cost and reward of everything to find your balance. And recognizing that one bad day doesn't have to mean two or three or four if we choose not to allow it to. Not to mention, like, this is a phase of life. Like, there are so many phases of life that we go through, whether or not it's the college phase, the family phase, the grandkid phase. There's, there's phases to everything, which, like, not even talking about hormones or internal stuff, like, just impact your lifestyle and how you have to schedule your training, your fueling, and all that for that as well. Another thing that people need to realize is there's never a best moment to start. It's only now to start. Life is never going to be perfect. You're never going to be in a situation where there's not stuff coming to you from different angles. And if you want to postpone, oh, I'll start on Monday, I'll start on Tuesday, because this, just start today. 
1% change. That's what you always say, Gary, 1% change. And I actually figured it out, like did a little mathematic thing. If you increase your steps by 1% every day, like it's amazing what you can accomplish over a year. It's not even a big change that you need to do. 1% better on protein, 1% better on your step count every day. Just start there. You know, that's already such an improvement on what you were doing, or you know. And it doesn't need to be logging your food immediately, just being aware of, of what I'm eating and, and stuff. And I always think people always say like, no, I'm eating a lot of protein. And then they start logging and you're like, oh, yeah, you're actually not eating a lot of protein. So if you want to log something, log protein and just see where you are and just be a, just just have that whole moment of, oh, my goodness, I'm actually not even close to what I should be doing. It's that self-awareness that we need to build more of to meet ourselves where we're at. Because I do think it's that struggle of what used to work isn't working any longer. And it's like, okay, we'll get a good picture of where you're at right now to make those accurate changes. And as much as we, you know, want that perfect moment, we want to do everything that we can. I do think that is what keeps us stuck. We wait for that, you know, January where we have the New Year's resolution and we do it for 21 days. But also because we base so many of our systems and habits on that perfect span of time, all of a sudden life gets in the way, we lose a little bit of motivation and it's like we can't do anything because we never learned how to actually handle life and what it's going to throw at us. And that's where we get sabotaged by our own desire to do sort of that all or nothing attitude. Yeah, totally. And, you know, another excuse that I hear a lot is, but I have to cook for my family. Well, change the way you cook for your family. So it will fit for what you need to eat. You don't need to make separate food for you. My family just adjusted to whatever. And sometimes I had to make maybe a little bit extra protein or maybe make my protein in a different way. But I never changed the way my family, like I just adapted our whole lifestyle to what was good for me because at the end of the day, it was good for them as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, more veggies are horrible for them. You know, more protein is horrible for them. I mean, like, I just stopped buying junk food. That there was, I just stopped buying it. It wasn't in my pantry anymore. So that temptation of overeating on the junk food wasn't there for me anymore. And was it beneficial for everybody in the family? Yes, of course. So eating junk food became like a treat. It wasn't like an everyday occurrence anymore. And also, even if you do want to have specific family meals that you love, even putting those in first to work the rest of your day around it to have protein at other meals, there's always a way to own your priorities instead of letting them become your excuses. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and I and I think um, the big thing is, is, is to stop making the excuses. You know, it's, and I'm not saying it's easy. I, I want to emphasize that again. There's there's going to be hard days and there's going to be days where you're just like, this is not, I don't want to do this and I want to be out with my girlfriends and have a bottle of wine and all of that. But but you need to weigh up. It's not just about the way you look. I think it's the way you feel. I think the thing that I like the most about myself at the moment is the fact that I have energy. Like, man, I've got energy. And yes, some days I need to take a 20-minute nap. I will confess. I'll come home and take a quick 20-minute power nap or 10-minute power nap. But I love the fact that I can go for walks. I can hike with my friends. I can do whatever I want. Do I have a perfect body? No. No. It's There's still work to be done, but I'm never going to give up. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep 
focusing and trying my best and do the best I can in every situation because I love the way I feel, actually more even the way that I look because I like the fact that my sleep is, I was able to get with a lot of work, get back to a good sleeping routine. I don't sleep a lot. I sleep some nights five to six hours, but it's a solid five to six hours. So I'll take that. That's way better than the previous times in my life where I sat on the patio for hours. Um, so it's just feeling better. If, no, if nothing else motivates you, just think about feeling better, waking up in the morning and, and having energy for the day or waking up and thinking, yes, I, I can do this workout because I have energy. I feel my body. I'm, I'm ready for this. It's getting that quality sleep, improving that recovery. And I know one of the big things for you too was talking about like body aches and pains and getting in that prehab work. And I think so often we just feel like, you know, we can't get back to moving our best, but a little goes a long way, even in terms of that mobility work, just adding in one or two minutes before that strength workout. Or if you want to sort of wind down at the end of the day, adding in a little foam rolling, stretching and activation before you go to bed to sort of decompress from the day. But it's about understanding that our body is changing and the more we can do things and control what we can't control to make it move better, the more we'll feel our best, which really does pay off. So we can go on those vacations and do whatever we want. I want to step in and say that people realize that I've got um, extreme um, high degree of osteoarthritis in both my knees to the fact that at 42, they wanted to do a knee replacement. And I said, no, I, I will think. And that's where the cycling and the stuff came from. So here I am was at 42 when I wanted to do the first knee replacement. I'm 58 now. I still didn't have my knee replacement. And I contribute that to really focusing on mobility work. The best thing that I ever learned from you was the prehab. Like my, my proudest moment, and I show that to clients in the studio almost every day, is where my runner's lunch was before I met you and where my runner's lunch is now that I've met you and I do my prehab work. <laughs> because it, it's actually amazing to think that what my hip mobility looked like, um, where are we now, 10 years ago compared to the last four or five years. It, it is, and does my shoulder still hurt some mornings or does my hip still hurt? Yep. But the first thing I do if I wake up and my hip is sore, I hit the foam roller. And the moment you start adding that movement, the aches and pains go away and you're ready to go on with your day. Movement really is medicine and we don't give it enough credit for that. We so often just think, well, I'm this age, so now I can't do these things or this hurts, so I need to avoid these things. Instead of saying, how can I do everything possible to retrain the movement patterns that I need to be able to do for everyday life? How can I do everything within my control to move and feel my best? And I know it doesn't feel like the sexiest thing. It's not the most fun thing. It's not the thing we want to do. We want to get to the good stuff, especially if we are looking to lose weight. But it's the thing that really does help us get so much more out of the workouts and out of life in general. So something that I've, it's just now part of me, is I put 15 minutes aside of my workout time. If that means that I need to cut short my strength training, I would actually sacrifice a set of my strength training. But 15 minutes of my workout time is spent foam rolling, stretching, activation. I would say where I'm lacking a bit, I might be a little bit lazy to do it when I'm done because then I'm a little bit rushed and I will pay the price the next morning. But um, I, I program my time that I have to train to make sure that I do that mobility work. Um, you know, if, you, if you're not going to do a full body workout, you don't need to do all the mobility work. But if you're going to do full body, then I focus on, on all of that. And really, I, 
can't emphasize enough the changes. <laughs> you know, like it's, I, I almost want to feel overwhelmed by, it's, it's like when I send you that photo, you know, you forget actually the work that has gone into it. And you forget actually because you get used to the way you look. You, you, you get used to the way you look now and then you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, there's a roll still here hanging over my pants. And then suddenly you look at these progress photos and you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I've actually put in the work. I should embrace where I am now and I shouldn't be critical about where you are. It's all those systems really working together in that slow build. And we do, the longer we maintain our you know, new results, our leaner selves, our stronger selves, our more fabulous selves, however you want to put it, uh, we, we lose that comparison to where we had been. And so I do think sometimes in that loss of comparison, we don't feel as good about how much we've really achieved. Uh, we start stop seeing sort of the progress we've made, but the more you can't even go back to that, the better off you're going to be just in terms of that reminder we all need of how much hard work we put in and the systems we're still implementing to keep moving forward. And and I think the other thing is when you go through such a transition, although my transition was very over a very long period of time, we're talking at least three years of working consistently, um, for, losing the weight, seeing differences. So suddenly people will start seeing and they will make compliments about it. You're like, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight. Well, actually I've been losing weight over the last three years, but thank you for seeing it. You know, you don't say that to them, but you say like, just thank you. Yeah, thank you, I've been working. And then what happens is people get used to the new look as well. So people, that amount of compliments that you were getting sort of waters down. And then you're like, did I pick up weight? Why doesn't people say anything? So it's like this constant battle in your head um, about, yeah, but actually look at the pictures. They, you know, you're still there. And I mean, like, there is times where, like, we went on a cruise. So obviously, when I came back, I would not have taken a picture of myself after the cruise. You know, you just don't do that to yourself. You know that it's going to take a week or two weeks, and then you'll be back to where you used to be. So you always talk about you, you reach a new level of leanness. And once you've reached that level of leanness, even doesn't matter what, it can go up, you usually will get back to that. And if you want to get behind that, you need to put in big work again to get to get beneath that. But it is, it's celebrating those wins and it's it's embracing that at any and every age we can make the changes that we want to see, but giving ourselves grace in the process and just recognizing that it really is going to be that process. It's a process you need to embrace and you need to be feel blessed that you are able to go through this process, that you've actually reached this age where you can go through this process and experience it. And like I said, don't focus so much on the changes, focus on the freedom that comes with it. The fact that you are mature, you have so much more to offer life. You've got wisdom. You've got the freedom to move around your kids. Most of us, by the time we hit menopause, the kids are out of the house. So you have that freedom. There's so much stuff that goes with, this age that we are in now, that you should also focus on that and embrace embrace that. I, I think the other big takeaway of this is, is that there's a lot of stuff we can do to control what we can control, if I can use your words, please. And then there's never giving up. Like, I think it doesn't matter how bad your day was. doesn't matter if you ate the entire pantry. It doesn't matter because tomorrow, you start as if yesterday never happened. You know, like just carry on. Don't dwell on what you did yesterday because it's irrelevant. 
it's, it, it doesn't matter anymore. It's, it's behind you. You can't change that. Just focus on what's in front of you now. And this is what we can do now. And never give up. Because the moment we give up, we've lost the battle. So it's just moving forward one step at a time. Boom. That, that's it. That is everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, like you say, reach out. There's, there's amazing coaches in our program that's gone through this, that understands what you're talking about, um, that can have empathy and sympathy with your feelings, um, that can talk you off the ledge when you want to eat the entire pantry. Um, you know, like just, just reach out because there's a lot of people that are able to help you for sure. Well, thank you so much, Susa. That was amazing and so many great tips. So I, I, we, I'm sure everybody's going to really appreciate it as they're navigating these waters, this change in life too. So I wanted to share a great recipe with five key ingredients to help you manage the symptoms of menopause. This is a great recipe that you can include as a breakfast dish that you can make the night before that's easy to grab and go. As much as many of us have even maybe done intermittent fasting in the past, especially for weight loss, as we enter menopause, it might not be the best strategy, especially if we're struggling to build and retain lean muscle and see the body recomp that we want. Considering then adding in breakfast, even if you haven't done that prior, might be a great option to meet yourself where you're at. But these are five key ingredients, and even if you use it as a snack because you choose to keep doing intermittent fasting, I think you'll really enjoy this recipe. The first ingredient is oats. Whole grains contain B vitamins that are important for your mood, and the fiber in oats helps prevent constipation and bloating that is common with menopause. We can see a lot of GI distress. Greek yogurt is the second ingredient, and it contains calcium and vitamin D to help minimize bone loss that occurs in menopause. Not to mention vitamin D is required for calcium absorption. Uh, also associated with better mood, and it, Greek yogurt is also high in protein when eaten in the morning, which will help regulate blood sugar and balance it, keeping your energy stable throughout the day. Ingredient number three is almond butter. Almonds contain magnesium, which helps support a balanced mood, bone health, and even improves sleep. Night sweats and insomnia are common in menopause, and magnesium may help promote sleep by regulating our body circadian rhythms by increasing muscle relaxation. Ingredient number four is chia seeds. High in omega-3 fatty acids, uh, omega-3s have been shown to decrease hot flashes and night sweats. Omega-3s also have been shown to help promote better mood and brain cognition. Ingredient number five is raspberries. They're rich in phytoestrogens, which can act like estrogen in the body, reducing symptoms of menopause. During menopause, estrogen slowly decreases in the body, and eating foods like raspberries that can help mimic estrogen once digested may help decrease negative symptoms. Try this delicious breakfast, raspberry overnight oats. It's 450 calories, 35 grams of protein, 45 grams of carbs, and 17 grams of fat. One half cup oats, one cup Greek yogurt, one tablespoon chia seeds, one tablespoon almond butter, one fourth cup raspberries. Mix all ingredients in an airtight container, refrigerate overnight, and then stir before eating, and you can even top with extra raspberries and enjoy. I want to share with you one of my favorite workout designs to use with clients going through menopause who are really focused on that body recomp, building lean muscle, and even seeing some fat loss results. This is a great workout design, even if you're not in menopause, to really focus on strength gains and gaining muscle. And I separate those two things out because they are slightly different focuses. We're not just working on you know building lean muscle to look leaner, but we're also focusing on that maximal strength to be able to lift heavier loads. And while we think, oh, why do I need to lift heavy? I'm not a power lifter. 
really building as much strength as possible is what is going to keep us functionally fit till our final day on this planet. It's going to make sure that we are able to lift better and more quality loads to see better muscle gains, but it's what's going to help us prevent falls and fractures and be able to re react more quickly in everyday life so that we aren't having injuries related to age. And then on top of that, we're being able to build that lean muscle so that we are, you know, really functioning well and looking our most fabulous. So the workout design I really love to use is the 61225. And this is such a fabulous design and was developed actually for bodybuilding uh, because it's so efficient at gaining muscle because it combines three different rep ranges into one design to really push your muscles to failure and even hone in on those trouble zones. So especially if there's an area that you really want to build lean muscle in that you want to see fat loss from, this can be that way to target those trouble zones a little bit more. And even if you aren't in menopause and you really want to focus on the strength gains, I would highly recommend that you do check this out, especially if you're entering the phase where you're starting to see some of the hormonal changes of perimenopause, or you want to set yourself up for success because I can't emphasize enough how important it is that we start those proper dieting and training practices as early on as possible. Because a lot of times what we associate with just menopause or just aging is improper dieting practices and workout practices catching up. A lot of us have done far too much cardio. I know as I was guilty of spending hours, you know, doing cardio over focusing on that strength work. And only once I really dialed on that strength work, did I see the body recomp I wanted, but it does get harder as we get older. And especially as we go through menopause to build and retain that lean muscle. So we want to do everything we can from a training standpoint to help ourselves do that. Not to mention more lean muscle means a higher and healthier metabolic rate, which can help us with the fat loss that can become harder during menopause and the hormonal changes. So going back to the 6, 12, 25, okay? That is the three different rep ranges that you are gonna use with three different movements. So when you're doing this, you're gonna do six reps of a very heavy compound movement, okay? Then you're gonna do 12 reps of an accessory but compound movement. And then you're gonna do 25 reps of a move that isolates one of the main muscle groups that you worked with the first two movements. So when I think about doing this and we'll use the legs for the example, you would think maybe a big barbell deadlift for that first six reps. You want to think about something that you are so challenged that you almost want to stop at four or five reps with. Okay. So it's got to be a big compound movement where you're working multiple large muscle groups. You're able to really max out, max out on those loads. And then from there, if you're using the deadlift to really target your lower body, uh, maybe even more of a glute focused, hamstring focused workout, you might think of for the 12 reps, either doing a single leg deadlift or a reverse lunge, and you might do that per side. When you're doing the 12 reps, you want to think about a weight that you can handle for a bit, about eight to 12 reps. You don't want to be able to go over the 12 reps. If you even do eight and you have to put the weights down to finish the 12, that's a-okay, especially for that first week. You might then keep that weight there for a little bit until you can hit the 12. But you want to think about something that's really pushing you to max out at 12 reps most. Because when you're working in that six rep range and maxing out there, you're working on maximal strength. The more we can build that pure strength, the more quality loads we can lift to work on those muscle gains, not to mention the functionally more fit we're going to be. So we want to really think maximal strength, then more that hypertrophy rep range. So the hypertrophy is pure muscle gains. Okay. And then when we go to 25 reps, we're thinking about more isolation movements. So if this is like a, a glute or hamstring focused workout, you might think about an isolated hamstring curl or some sort of glute kickback, but something that's very isolated for one of the more stubborn areas you want to see grow or change. 
whether it's a little bit of uh, fat elimination from that, no, we can't spot reduce, but we can mobilize more fatty acids from the surrounding tissues of the area we're working, which can help with that fat loss, especially when we're doing these big compound movements, but also growing more muscle in that area. And if you're worried about becoming bulky, that's just not going to happen. We don't have the hormone levels. And also your fueling is a big part of that. So if you're in that calorie deficit to lose, you're definitely not going to see it. So you need to do everything possible to even build and retain that lean muscle to keep your metabolic rate higher. But in that 25 reps, you want to think about something that you sort of have to stop at 15 to 20 reps. And you really feel that pump and burn building with that isolation move to fully fatigue an area because you're doing that thing to work on that maximal strength. Then you're really working on that muscle growth. And then with this, you're working on strength endurance, which can be great if you're a runner too. Uh, but also you're fully fatiguing a muscle because the more we can take a muscle to fatigue, the better the strength gains and the muscle gains we're going to see. So you're combining all three like primary rep ranges or traditional rep ranges into this one workout design by doing six reps of that big compound move, 12 reps of that more uh, accessory, but still compound move. And then 25 reps of that isolation move back to back. You basically want to move from one exercise to the next. Once you finish all three moves done back to back without any rest, other than switching to the next exercise, you'll then want to take at minimum one minute, but I would highly recommend at least two to three minutes between rounds because at that one minute, unless you're just a newbie to lifting, you're not going to see the full recovery. You might feel recovered. Your heart rate might've come down enough, but a lot of times that's where our hundred percent intensity starts to dip over the rounds where we're not able to lift as quality reps because we're tired. And so while it can feel like a long time to be standing around, remember your body needs that to really truly rest so that you can recover for the next round to go at a hundred percent intensity because Part of it's not just lifting heavier loads, it's lifting quality reps every single time where we can feel the correct muscles working. And so you can implement this either with a hemisphere, so an upper lower split over the week, or even an anterior posterior. If you do only have three days a week to train, you can even do full body splits. Then you would might, might wanna do uh, one of those circuits, so a 6 12, 25 for lower body and then a 6 12, 25 for upper body. But make sure that you are focusing in that one section on one area. So you don't wanna do like the six reps for your legs and the 12 reps for your back because you're not then creating that fatigue through creating that volume over the round. But you can use this system and technique in so many different workout designs based on the time you have. And if you push those weights so that you're maxing out before you actually hit the number that you have to stop at, this is going to be a very intense, very fatiguing design because you're going for three moves in a row, getting more and more specific to a single muscle group. So if you feel like this is easy, question whether or not you're lifting the loads or doing the variation of a move you should be doing for those different exercises. Again, even though it says six reps, you want to feel like you're maxed out at four or five, even on that last round to maintain that weight. If you have to pause for 15 seconds to finish the last couple reps at the six or the 12 or the 25, do it because that little break and that use of rest pause technique is going to help you even lift more and really see that full fatigue to encourage that muscle growth more efficiently, build that maximal strength. But try this workout design if you are going through menopause. It's a great way to build lean muscle and see the results that you want, not only from an aesthetic standpoint, but even from functionally aging well and feeling really in control and functionally fit to take on any challenge that you want. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of the Fitness Hacks podcast. I hope these tips helped. 
remember to give yourself grace and really focus on meeting yourself where you're at as you're going through these hormonal changes. I think it's even key sometimes that we oversell the negative, so to speak, to ourselves, where we realize, hey, this is a reality. Even if you're not experiencing bad symptoms, knowing that that is possible or knowing that it is okay to talk about these things, to seek out help for these things is so important because I think too often we deny what's going on and then we don't address it and then things snowball and build up and then we have more that we actually have to overcome than if we had just recognized in the first place. So please be open to sharing your experience. I'd love to hear how you all are combating the symptoms of menopause and what tips you found helpful. Thank you.